Grace and peace are yours from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's always exciting at the end of a year to look ahead to the new year to come. Today it's exciting for us to look ahead to all that we might have planned for 2023 and all the new opportunities that might be waiting for us, new goals to achieve, new places to go, a new routine to begin. As we reminisce on the past year, there's bound to be a mix of both positive memories and negative memories. But research has shown that remembering your past has a lot of benefits. For example, remembering problems that you have faced in the past can help you solve today's problems. Remembering your past supposedly helps you to solidify your identity by reminding you of who you are and what your values are. It's said that remembering your past can help you to form new relationships as you discover shared experiences with people. Remembering your past is even said to help regulate your emotions and improve your mood. Now, whether or not you have found any of those things to be true, what probably is true for all of us is that remembering your past is an enjoyable way to think about all of the blessings that have come into your life. Our sermon reading for this morning comes from a prayer spoken by the prophet Isaiah, who is reminiscing on Israel's past. And as he does so, he remembers both good things and bad things. But in his prayer, he shows us especially that how in everything, God is present with his people. In the first part of the prayer, the first verse of our reading, Isaiah is remembering God's acts of kindness to Israel. He said, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all that the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel. So what kind of good things might he be talking about here? I imagine that he might have had in mind how God delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt. How when everything seemed hopeless as they were pinned in by Pharaoh's army on one side and the Red Sea on the other side, God opened the sea and delivered them. God himself told his people, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Isaiah would also have known how God never left their side. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. I think Isaiah may have had in mind how God was present with his people through worship in the tabernacle. I think he may have had in mind how God always provided for them during that trek through the desert. God said, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. As nice as it was for Isaiah to remember all of these things from Israel's past, it wasn't all positive memories. Later in this same prayer, Isaiah had to plead with God for mercy for his people. Because Isaiah was painfully aware of how 
Israel had broken God's covenant over and over again. You see, God had called Israel to be his special people, a holy nation set apart to serve him. But a quick glance through the first several books of the Old Testament show us plenty of times when God's people were unfaithful to him. So Isaiah would have looked back and remembered how Israel liked to take matters into their own hands. How at the foot of Mount Sinai, they fashioned a golden calf because they doubted that God was really present with them. They grumbled and complained on their way into the promised land. And once they reached Canaan, they followed the pagan nations around them. During the time of the judges, they abandoned their true God in favor of false gods. And all the way up to Isaiah's day, they continued to forsake the ways of their God. And so later in his prayer, in a part that comes after our reading, Isaiah prays, Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Isaiah pleaded that God would draw near to him with his forgiveness. Though we are far removed from that historical place and time of the Israelites, the words of this prayer were written for us too. The start of a new year is a good time to look behind us at the year gone by and appreciate God's kindness to us and presence with us. It gives us a chance to pause and think about all that he's done for us in the last 12 months, whether that was a new job, new opportunities, an engagement, a marriage, a birth, or any of the blessings in between. But what will also come to mind as we think about the last year are memories of things that we regret, memories of failures. We'll think of times that we fell short in our relationships, times that we let anger and greed get the best of us. We'll think of times that we failed to be faithful to our Father as he has asked us to be. As you think about the past year, you may also remember times where you second-guessed God's presence, like the Israelites did in the desert. Times where you were tempted to think, God, where are you now? Don't you see what I'm going through, God? Can't you help me now, God? Times where you're tempted to think that God is actually far away from us. As you think about the last year, you might also remember times where you even resented God's presence because you know that it meant that he saw each sinful action and he heard each shameful word and shameful thought. Or you may remember times where you resented God's presence because you knew he was there and yet he didn't fix things for you the way you had hoped. In all of these things, we're forced to admit that like the Israelites thousands of years before us, we have failed to be the true people of God. The fact is that our sins should be pushing God farther and farther away from us until his presence is completely removed from us. But another thing that Isaiah's prayer does is it highlights God's faithfulness. In the second verse of our reading, God said, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me and so he became their savior. 
Now, what would ever lead God to look at Israel or at us today after all that we have done and still say, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me? That can only be said because of God's true and faithful son, Jesus. Now, Isaiah, who wrote this about 700 years before Christ, had knowledge of this Savior. During Advent, we sang, Isaiah had foretold it. What did he foretell? He prophesied to the wicked king Ahaz, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah believed that his God of presence would one day be present in a very special way with his people. Isaiah had faith in Emmanuel, the God who is with us. We heard in the second lesson this morning that when the fullness of time had come, God did send his son to be born of the woman. God cared for his children so much that Jesus became our Savior, born under the law, to redeem us and make us true sons and daughters of God. The words of Isaiah's prayer help us, 21st century Christians, to remember our past, and it helps us to trace God's presence all across history. We can trace his presence through the history of Israel as they came out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, across the wilderness, into the Promised Land, and all the way through the Babylonian exile. A week ago, we traced his presence to the manger in Bethlehem, where God came and made his dwelling among us. And today, we can trace his presence into our very own lives, too. You might say that New Year's is best observed in the light of Christmas. Because what we celebrated on Christmas last week is the birth of God's Son into our lives. And now again, at the start of this new year, we can think about all that God has done for us in the past year, but we still may be consumed by whatever challenges we see facing us in 2023. But that's when it's good to remember that as God was present with his Old Testament people, and as he came to be present with us on that first Christmas, he will be present with us as the days and years go on. In the third and final verse of our reading, Isaiah reminds us that God is very involved in our problems. He said, In all their distress, he too was distressed, and the angel of his presence saved them. We can see very clearly how God felt the distress of his people in Egypt. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. In other words, God does not disappear when we need him. The same God is concerned about us. The same God was concerned when he saw a world full of people who were lost, and so he sent Jesus to share in their humanity. Jesus took that truth, the truth that God is present with us in our suffering, he took it to the extreme 
when he stepped in to join lowly sinners on a sin-filled planet. And he didn't stop there, but he, God incarnate, bled and died with the weight of the world's sin, your sin, on his shoulders. What could better demonstrate to us that God is present with us? It's a blessing that God has given us his continued presence, also now in his word and sacrament. Even this morning, we get to witness Jesus' true body and blood present in his supper, given and poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. As you leave today and enter the new year, be confident in the presence of God. Be confident in the fact that he is not far removed from what happens to you. The very last words of our reading said, In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. When we needed him most, God provided redemption through his son. The same God is concerned about us today. Whatever pain you feel today, God feels it. Whatever apprehensions about the year to come are on your mind, they're on God's mind too. Whatever is a concern to you is a concern to God. And so you can enter every new year with the confidence that no matter the bumps in the road, no matter the unexpected trouble that comes into your life, God will continue to be present as the days and years go on until ultimately he draws you near to himself in the best possible way by bringing you to himself in heaven. And so what can we do until that time? Well, what else could we do but exactly what Isaiah wrote at the opening of his prayer? I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. We get to tell people what our God has done for us. In fact, that is our mission as Christians, so that more and more may rejoice in the blessings of an ever-present and gracious God. Go and enter this new year confident of the presence of your God. Amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. We hope that God's word has strengthened your faith. To help us know more about the reach of our efforts here at Monov, we hope that you'll like and subscribe to our YouTube and Facebook pages, and that you also sign our online friendship register to let us know that you're listening today. God bless and keep you.